from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs Mailbag Edition. I am Seth Kaiser, or Minnesota Chiefs fan. And again, I'm here without Chris and Ryan, which means it is mail time. I almost broke into the Blues Clues song. I didn't. You're welcome. It's already been worth the price of admission. Uh, we got lots of questions this week. I appreciate you guys uh, bearing with me last week as I sprinted through the questions on my way to go sprinting to Florida. Uh, it was a great vacation. Life is good. Let's get going. We're going to go through as many of these as possible. And the very first one isn't even a football question. Let's roll through the mailbag. Uh, Shaggy D asks, you're a lawyer in Minnesota. Which do you prefer, fishing or golfing, if you have the time? I prefer fishing, but mostly because I'm terrible at golf. I, I, I'm I not even sure why they allow me to be a lawyer, honestly, with how bad I am at golf. I think it's a prerequisite, but I must have gotten grandfathered in somehow. So I definitely prefer fishing. I'm not really good at it. I'm not a fisherman. But I enjoy being out on the water. I enjoy the process and that kind of stuff. I, I, I just, man, it's one of the most relaxing things I think you can do. Uh, John Yasarian, sorry if I butchered your name there, John. How would you characterize Demarcus Robinson as a number two receiver for the Chiefs? Average, good, great, in your own words. How about a number three receiver for the Chiefs? As a number two receiver, I would say below average. Um, I, I would love to say otherwise because I think Demarcus Robinson has a great work ethic. Uh, he's got a lot of physical talent. He's done some really good things for the Chiefs. Um, he seems like a good guy, good teammate, good locker room guy. Uh, however, there do seem to be still instances where he's out of position, and that's tough for me. Uh, it makes me it makes me curious about uh, his ability to not freelance because even on say like Mahomes' 50th touchdown, when they went back through the play, you know, turned out that Robinson recognized that his corner bit way too far on what would it was supposed to be some kind of curl or in route and so then he just adjusted it to to essentially a post route without being told to do so now it worked out really well there but the problem is freelancing can be tough now he fits in well with Mahomes at times because of his willingness to freelance but I don't know if he's really learned to harness that yet if he learns to harness that and then usually play within the flow of the offense and then other times freelance I would feel Decent about him as a number two wide receiver because he does have a lot of talent. He's got good ball skills. He's got good speed and quickness. Um, Iron Brunt, Iron, I run bunch, I run bunch. Asks, uh, opinion on CB Mullen. He hasn't allowed a touchdown in three years, I believe. I have absolutely no idea whatsoever. I'm sorry. My, my, my draft knowledge is limited to a few of the tight ends, a few of the safeties, a few of the corners, guys that I've actually watched and Ed Oliver. Um, so, uh, Mason Sixsmith asked, did you find yourself living vicariously through Patrick Mahomes during the NCAA basketball tournament, like basketball championship, like many of us? Uh, I don't know about living vicariously. Um, I, I personally, and this sounds terrible to say, I love my life so much. I would never live vicariously through anyone, uh, except maybe like in like the context of like, I don't know, you know, chucking touchdowns like Mahomes does. Um, he did seem to be having a lot of fun. I'm sure it was a blast to, uh, be Mr. You know, it's, it's kind of like a return to being big man on campus for him. But I definitely did, if you mean this, I did become a, a Texas Tech fan just for Patrick Mahomes because I just want to see Pat Mahomes happy. I really do. I just want to see him happy. And so I wanted Texas Tech to win it all. Connor Y asks, if you were Veach, how does Ed, how low does Ed Oliver have to drop for you to trade up and grab him? Also, any tips for taking the LSAT? Um, the LSAT, if people don't know, that's the, the, the exam that you take on your way into law school and it's a really big deal it affects what schools you can get into quite a bit and it's a super stressful test 
Uh, it's like it's like the ACTs on steroids, basically. It's longer and has puzzle games. It's horrible. Um, Ed Oliver, I love Ed Oliver. If he even dropped to like the twelfth pick or the very low teens, I would be burning up the phone trying to get him. Um, as far as the LSAT goes, study, 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 study. I, it's probably too late to improve your reading comprehension ability because that's a big part of the test. But the puzzle games, study, study, study. Work on them, work on them, work on them. Spend weeks on it, not days. Um, Vader Square Pants <laughs> asked, do you like pancakes or waffles? Go Chiefs. So pancakes or waffles, I've given this some thought. Pancakes have a higher ceiling. Waffles have a higher floor. I've I've rarely eaten a waffle that wasn't good. You know, like even the ones that they have you make at hotels or whatever, they're good, right? They're always good. They, I've had pancakes that are not good. However, really good pancakes are some of my favorite food on the planet. I love pancakes with peanut butter and maple syrup. If you've never tried that, again, not just peanut butter. If it's just peanut butter. It's really dry. You got you put peanut butter on each slice, then you pot, put them on top of each other so the peanut butter melts, and then you pour a bunch of maple syrup on it. It will fill you up, <laughs> but it is the best. All right. Uh, Brian Carender, did you get your luggage back yet? Yes, we waited at the airport until the next Frontier flight came in and got our luggage back that way. So I didn't get back home till about 5.30 in the morning that morning. But you know what? Frontier, I think, did the best they could to solve a dilemma. And really, the, the reality is I missed my flight. And whether, you know, sure, TSA hung us up for well over an hour, but... I missed my flight. We could have gotten there three hours early. We could have done better ourselves. And so, you know, Frontier did refund us for a flight that we missed, which was very kind of them. So overall, it was a good vacation. I'm not going to let one bummer of a day ruin anything. Chiefs up north. Hey, nice. Very close to Chief in the north there. Uh, Says preseason expectations based on recently released schedule. What should we want to see? Uh, you know, preseason is such a complicated thing. I don't put quite as much stock in that third game as everyone else. Um, I just think with preseason, the big thing to watch is individuals. I I don't put a lot of stock in how the team does, and I know Andy Reid does not give two craps about preseason. And so look at individuals. See how they perform, like defensive linemen, offensive linemen, corners, whatever. Look how they perform in individual circumstances, not how the team as a whole performs. Uh, Sean Mitchum asks, is there a good chance we re-sign Alan Bailey? Are we still looking at defense? I have no idea. It's surprising to me that Bailey's still available. I think he's a decent player that can help a lot of teams. I'm hoping he's still available because he's really mulling his choices and really wants to return to Kansas City because I think that would really help them out to have him as part of the rotation. And yes, we should still be looking at defense. Um, The defense needs all the talent it can get. Isaac asks, as you keep Brett Veach's aggressive tendencies and moves in mind, not only for agency but in the draft, how far do you see him moving up in this upcoming draft to get his guy? Number two, who are some of your draft crushes at the safety position? By the time this comes out, likely the article will be out on The Athletic. I'm looking at Nasir Adderley right now. Definitely a draft crush of mine. I really like his range. I really like the fact that he is uh, he's he's willing to be physical against the run. And against uh, and and against any kind of ball carrier and even blockers, and I love the fact that he seems to have good ball skills. He seems to have good closing speed. I really like him so far. I've been told that I'll love Thornhill. I haven't gotten him yet. There's 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 a few safeties that I've been told that I'll love. It looks like a pretty good safety group. Maybe not um, any one incredible like you know like an Eric Berry or Earl Thomas talent at the very, very top of the draft or a Derwin James, but it looks like it's pretty deep in terms of guys that are low first round, second round, third round picks. 
Um, and so I don't know how far Brett Veach will move up. I think it, uh, like everything else, I think it depends on how the, 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 the picks fall in the draft. It really does. I know that's a cop out answer. Uh, but what are you going to do? I, I really think it just depends. All right. That's going to do our first, uh, for our first segment there. We're going to take a quick break and get right back to it. The Athletic Matrix Draft Guide from Rogue Analytics is available now, and we've got a special discount code for our listeners. At checkout, enter the code Locked On to get your discount. Go to RogueAPC.com, that's R-O-G-U-E-A-P-C.com, and get the Athletic Matrix Draft Guide for the 2019 NFL Draft. All right, we're rolling through because that is how we do it on this show. I I I enjoy this so much. Um it's a it's so much fun seeing how many questions I can get to over the course of, you know, 25 30 minutes. It's a lot of fun. All right. Uh Ron Cobb Jr. asked, "Don't know if you tweeted about your opinion on this, but is Jamal Charles a Hall of Famer to you?" Yes, here's the deal. Uh, Jamal Charles is one of the best football players I've ever seen. At his peak, I would take him over almost any other running back. Oh, I mean, literally, you name the running back. Um, the only ones where it's a hard decision for me, um, it's a tough decision on Barry Sanders. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson, Jamal was a, always a better receiver, always a better pass blocker than he was. That That's not that hard a decision for me. Jamal Charles was more capable of taking nothing and turning it into something than almost any running back ever, except for maybe Sanders. Well, not maybe, except for Sanders. However, one thing he was also able to do, he was able to take something when he had good blocking and turn it into more. He was one of the most gifted, fantastic runners I've ever seen in my life. And that's why his yards per carry is the best of all time, even with that late career stuff kind of dragging him down. Um, one of my One of my biggest regrets is that my, well, I mean, in terms of football, is that my kids won't be able to see him play live because he was special, absolutely special. Um, Todd, let's ask, what games in the upcoming schedule are you the most excited about? Um, probably uh, Chiefs-Vikings because I'm almost certain that I'll be going to that one as a fan. And, you know, those that that's always fun. Uh, probably some of my family will be coming with me. It's going to be great. Um, Zach Martin says, thoughts on having both Adderley and Matthew, given the Chiefs take him at 29 or trade up, are they interchangeable or would... Adderley play mostly on the back end. I think they're fairly interchangeable, but I don't know if Adderley is as capable in man coverage as Matthew. And I would love it if they mostly kept Adderley on the back end and allowed Matthew to move all over the scheme and play wherever. I would love that personally. Um, uh, Nick Volanek, sorry, says Spencer Ware is still free agency. Is he our insurance policy? If no running backs are available, where where we value them in the draft. I have absolutely no idea whatsoever. I like Spencer Ware. Unfortunately, he just keeps getting nicked up. I hope they get a chance to bring him back. I'm not sure if they will. I think there's a decent chance that they might roll with Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, and and Daryl Williams this next year. I think Carlos Hyde might be a low-key signing, much like Damian Williams was last year. And if you'll recall, hang on. I don't know if you can hear that. That's the sound of me violently patting myself on the back. I had said, Damian Williams, remember the name. He's going to do some stuff. And, you know, it took a few things for him to get a chance on the field. But once he got on the field, he did a really awesome job. So I'd keep an eye on Carlos Hyde being a, a little more high impact than people think. Mike Wilson asked, would you rather be eaten by a shark or a gator? A gator, and it's not even close. I just, sharks, man, they scare me. 
Uh, Donald Folk asks, any advice on taking and passing the bar? Um, much like the advice that I just gave with the LSATs, you cannot study too much. Um, when preparing for the bar exam. And so they have, you know, those classes that you pay for, Barbary and, and a bunch of other ones. I don't think Barbary is necessarily any better than any of the rest of them, but that is the one that I used, and they did a good job. If you are able, I would definitely, definitely give yourself enough time to go through it twice. The study materials, which, yes, does that mean that you're going to be studying for like a month straight? Yeah, sure. Or a couple months straight, actually. But it's definitely worth it because otherwise you I almost promise you, you will get to a few questions, maybe even one of the essay questions and basically have to write. I have no idea. (laughs) So I, I definitely think there's some value in doing it. Plus, you learn more about the law studying for the bar for the bar than you do in a lot of law school classes, honestly. Uh, Venkat N says with Bra- with Byron Pringle, Byron Pringle, good lord, coming back from injury. How do you feel about him playing slot receiver versus outside, and which receiver in your mind will make the leap for the Chiefs? Thanks. Well, you're welcome. Um, I don't know how I feel about him playing slot receiver versus inside. He seems like he can create a little bit of separation. I'm excited to see maybe if he can break out a little bit. Um, he would be my sleeper guy for sure. Um, he's got some ability to separate, but he got hurt so quickly last year that we just don't know. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. I think people are a little optimistic on him because he was a K-State guy, and there's some overlap there between K-State fans and Chiefs fans. But I think he's got a chance to do some things. Um, Stucky asks, man, we are burning through these. This makes me happy. What's the bigger need on offense? Second tight end or another starting caliber receiver? What's the bigger need on defense? Cornerback or edge rusher? Um, I would say right now, because we don't know anything about Tyreek Hill at this point, um, I would say second tight end and cornerback. Those would be the two things that I would uh, that I would go after. Uh, KC fan and PA says, "Hey Seth, welcome home. Give me one trade up scenario that you would propose we go after with what team, draft pick compensation, and who are you going after?" Um, I don't know what team. Um, and I know, yeah, I don't get as detailed into this as other people do because even though it's kind of a fun, a fun thought process, it's just kind of, you know, everything depends on so many things. But I would love to see them trade up into the low teens for Ed Oliver. I would love it, love it, love it, love it. So whatever team you want to put there, and I'd be willing to give up one of the second round picks to do it. Um, maybe one of the second round picks and then throw in like a fifth or a sixth or something because those picks to me are basically worthless, to be perfectly honest. And yes, I know you can name a fifth or sixth round pick that worked out. And for every one of those that you name, I will name a hundred that didn't. And so I understand that there is some value there, but you're throwing darts, man, at that point, blindfolded. And so, yes, occasionally you're going to hit the dartboard. But if you can, rather than throwing that dart blindfolded, you can exchange that for throwing the dart, throwing at the dartboard, not blindfolded and from 10 feet closer. That's a terrible analogy, but it's what I'm sticking to. You absolutely do it. Jeff Muir asked, do you view Ben Neiman as the backup Sam? If not, where does he fit best? I don't think he's the backup Sam. I don't think he's got the build to uh to be a Sam linebacker in the 43. Um, I think he's probably more middle linebacker type. Um, I don't know if he's got the speed to be a will, but he's definitely one of those two. Uh, Dave asks, Little Debbie or Hostess Snacks? Whichever one has Nutter Butters. I can't remember which one of those is. Is that Little Debbie, I think? But yeah, anyone whoever has Nutter Butters. Adam Real asks, any thoughts on where Eric Berry will end up? Any chance he comes back to the Chiefs? I miss him when healthy. I don't think there's any chance he comes back to the Chiefs 
Um, I, I know they have a ton of respect for him. I know they care about him, but they don't, I, when they have said goodbye to a player and they've done the whole thank you thing, that has been it when during the Andy Reid era. So I assume that that's probably it for him. As far as where he ends up, I have no idea. It's got to be some team that's willing to take the chance on his health. Um, Evan asks, over under from a Holmes passing yards and touchdowns, 5,200 yards and 52 touchdowns. What you taking? I'm going to take the slight under, um, mostly because of the touchdowns. Um, it, it's important for us to remember that what Mahomes did last season has only been done like two other times in history. And every year you've got almost 32 quarterbacks playing and trying. So, you know, 32 times, you know, 40 years. And it's been done like three times out of thousands of chances. The odds of him doing it two years in a row, something that has literally never happened, are not great in terms of stats. So what's going to be interesting will be if Mahomes still, you know, if he still has very, very good stats, but they're, you know, it's more like 40 touchdowns and 4,800 yards to see if people are like, oh, yeah, he's taking a step backwards. Mahomes could play better than he played last year and throw for fewer touchdowns and yards by a fairly marked marked margin. Got to keep in mind, stats are more of a function of team success at the quarterback position, at least those basic stats. Uh, we'll do a couple more and then we'll take our second commercial break here. Uh, Lolip asks, what's your favorite or least favorite media concoction, false narrative regarding the Chiefs? Um, if it's a national narrative, it's the idea that the Chiefs took a big step backwards at safety with Eric Berry leaving. Um, I love Eric Berry, but he hasn't been playing, I like, basically at all for the last two years. And so the Chiefs didn't tread water at safety or take a small step backwards with Matthew. They upgraded massively. That is my that that's my combination favorite least favorite because it's so far off. Um I've got a few of you that ask questions about uh you know individual players for you know for the draft. Most of them I'll tell you you can check out what what Dane does with the Athletic. He does a fantastic job. Uh he 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 did a full 7 round mock for the Chiefs. And he's, he's our draft guru. I just know certain players. That's it. So I, I'm not going to be able to answer most of those. Uh, Paul Sanchez says, with all this talk of they have to be making another big move, could the Chiefs just be ready to maybe front load a big con- Chris Jones contract? I want to see them do something but start to lose faith. I have no idea. Um, a front loaded contract, you know, if they've got all this extra cap space, wouldn't be a terrible idea because it gives them cap flexibility during Mahomes' big hit years. That wouldn't be a terrible idea. And if that's what they do, I won't be upset with it. You know, if it comes out, oh, they, they signed Jones to an extension and, you know, that's where a lot of their cap space is going. They're going to have a, you know, an $18 million hit this first year instead of the usual, you know, three or four. That would definitely give them flexibility on the back end of that contract. Um, ONH asked, did you watch the Texas Tech game? Nope, I just watched the uh, the stuff on Mahomes. And again, I was cheering for him. I wanted it to happen. Um, you know, just again, because I just wanted to see him happy. Uh, I heart you, although it's a broken heart. That makes me sad. Asks, thoughts on esports? Ah, I'm cool with them. I mean, whatever. Whatever people want to watch that entertains them, I don't really care. All right, we are going to take another break. And we will be back very shortly, and we are going to close out strong because that's what we do here. 
We want to say thank you for all of your support through this entire season and want to let you know we will be here all off season for you. This and every episode that we'll be bringing to you are going to be available every week, just like normal, all off season long. So thanks for taking the time. All of you new folks, thanks for leaving your iTunes reviews and everything else. We appreciate your time and keep it locked on, Chiefs. All right, we're closing out the mailbag. Let's do this. We are going to go through a I'm going to see if I can finish every one of them. Uh, AWGM says, last game of the year, Dirty Dan seriously seemed a bit on fire. How well did he actually play that game? I know it's a hard watch, but I feel like something might have been overlooked there. Um, I, I personally, I've had a lot of people tell me they think Dan Sorensen played really well against the Patriots. I, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really see it. Um, and I've rewatched that game about eight times by now, and he never pops out to me. Um, I, he probably, I think he made a play or two that people noticed, and I think, could be wrong here, I think that's causing people to maybe remember his game is better than it actually was. We usually remember one or two splash plays from games, and I'm the same way until I review the film. And so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Sorensen can do better in a, in a better scheme, and that would be great. I don't think he's a terrible, I think he's a decent third safety. And so if someone else can step up and be that second safety, I think Sorensen will do pretty well. And maybe he'll make me look stupid and he'll play really well as a second safety this year. That would be amazing. Cody Smith asks, would Frank Clark fit well in this new defensive system if somehow Brett Veach pulls off a trade? Yeah, he absolutely would. Um, Frank Clark, my understanding, he's got uh, some domestic violence in his history, which I, if it's not domestic violence, uh, I, I apologize. I, I don't have time to look it up right now. I know there were there were concerns about him. And I, I don't remember exactly what it was. So I shouldn't have said domestic violence because I don't remember exactly what it was. I, I remember there were some concerns regarding something, whether it was an assault or something like that. Um, and so that's concerning to me, especially given everything the Chiefs are currently going through. I'm not sure if they'd be willing to sign him because of the optics of it all. Um, given everything that's going on with Tyreek Hill, what went on with Kareem Hunt last year, they don't want to become known as the bad boys of the NFL. I know they don't. So uh, uh, as far as on the field goes, yes, Frank Clark would fit well in any defensive system. He's a stud. Um, he is he plays with a ton of power. He plays. He's got good speed, good bend around the edge, good against the run, good pass rusher. Um, he is. He's a stud. So he'd fit in any system. And if if they traded for him, um, you know, I'm I'm Mr. Second Chance guy. My understanding is that he's done fine since being in the league. I I'd be thrilled from a football standpoint, and I'd be uh, cautiously curious from an off the field standpoint. Taylor Moss says, "Would you want Mahomes on the Madden cover next season?" Whispers because of the curse. I gotta tell you, watching Antonio Brown lose his mind is just making me think more and more. Man, this curse! I'll tell you what. I think it's mostly because you know it's just you know diminishing returns. If someone usually gets on the Madden cover because they had the best season of their career, they're bound to bounce back in a bad way. However, yeah, it just seems to be a bit much. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. It's a, it's, it's, I don't believe in curses. I really don't, but it makes me uncomfortable. It definitely makes me uncomfortable. The read option asks, if we started a podcast, would you be willing to make an appearance as a guest for an episode? Way to shoot your shot. Uh, it depends on timing and all that sort of thing. My, uh, there are two things that I don't have enough of and it's time and energy. And so I've had to say no to a lot of things lately. And so, I mean, my DMs are open and people are always welcome to slide into them, for lack of a better term. But um, I, I can't guarantee that I'll answer. I do the very best I can. And that's something that, uh, that, that's something that I've been meaning to, uh, 
to talk to people about actually is I, I know a lot of you send me DMs and I try to keep up with them and I've done a worse job lately. If you send me a DM and I don't answer, I'm really sorry. Just please keep in mind that I get a lot and I try. I try really hard. Uh, Robert Chestnut asked, would CB Amani Ori, man, I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, at 29, safety Taylor Rapp, 61, and wide receiver Andy Isabella be a realistic pipe dream. I think we get them all without moving up or down. I have no idea where guys will be available. Um, I haven't watched Amani. Uh, I've, I've seen a little bit of Taylor Rapp, and I like what I've seen. I've seen a little bit of Andy Isabella, and I like what I've seen there, too. Um, as far as realistic, we just have no idea. We don't. And people are like, oh, that'll never happen. I hate that. We don't know. The draft, if you look at it from a, from a number standpoint, is one of the most difficult to predict sports events on the planet. I mean, it's impossible, you know. It's like, you know, people talk about having a perfect bracket in the NCAA. You got to remember, that's just 64 teams, right? And so then you have, you know, 32 games, and then you have 16 games, and then you have eight games. You know, when you think about it, the the NFL draft has more more things happening in what? The first two rounds, than, or three rounds, than the entire uh, NCAA tournament. It's the hardest thing to predict in sports. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You know, oh, that's not realistic. Well, who cares? Let's just have fun. That's what these mock drafts are for. Of course they're not realistic. No one gets it right. Preston Daniel, Game of Thrones prediction for the final season. Man, I don't know. Now that it's out of uh, Martin's hands, I think it's going to be a little more fan service than people expect. I think you're going to get some version of a happy ending for someone. I think you're going to get a really unhappy version for some fan favorite too, though. Was that a cop-out answer? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, I don't think they end up with snow. Uh, John Snow on the Iron Throne. I think they end up with uh, Daenerys on the throne, but I think it's an I think it's a it's a it's a pyrrhic victory for her because I think she loses a lot of people she loves in the meantime. All right, two questions from George Settleman. Uh, that last one's from Preston Daniel. If I forgot to say that, uh, one. Who will be more important on the Chiefs next season, tight end two or wide receiver three? Two are the odds you draft a running back. Man, tight end two or wide receiver three is on a lot of people's minds. I think tight end two, but we'll see what happens. What are the odds we draft a running back? I think probably sometime in the late rounds we'll probably take a look at one. Um, I, I think they like Damian Williams. They showed it in the contract. I think they like Carlos Hyde too. So I don't think they're really desperate for it. Um, Jason Lozar says, if they draft Hakeem Butler in the second round, would you be happy with the pick? Yeah, I'd be thrilled with the pick. That would be a lot of fun. You know, Butler, I know there's questions about his hands, and I know there's some concerns about his ability to get off press, but he, he's got some fluidity for a guy his size. He's a beast after the catch. Um, and he is just, he's just, uh, he, he looks solid to me. Um, he looks like he's got some ball skills, and he looks like he's got the ability to get it done at the next level. I like Hakeem Butler a lot. Um, he he makes plays and he's able to get separation at his size. That's that's the big kicker for me. There's a lot of big receivers out there who can't get separation. He looks like he can. All right, we got a few more left here. We are gonna make it, guys. Uh, Noah Breitback asks, uh, say or Breitback anyway. Say we get Byron Murphy in the round one. How do you feel about Charles Amenhu and Amani Hooker in the second round? I don't know. I feel pretty good about it, I guess. Um. You know, that, I like Byron Murphy. Um, I Hopefully he drops. He he looks like he's got great feet to me. Um, I've heard that the Chiefs are looking to move more to zone, which means uh, Murphy would be a good fit. Um, but he can pull off man coverage as well. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how he could do if he joins up, uh, if he's drafted. I think he would be a good fit. I've just got a couple more. Um, Anthony Stratton 
asks, favorite thing you did on vacation? Uh, just sit on, on Cocoa Beach and walk on Cocoa Beach with my wife. Um, it was so much fun. Uh, if you ever go to Florida, I'll, I'll be a free advertisement for them. Cocoa Beach in Florida is awesome. It's a, just a neat town. It's got a bunch of touristy little things. It's got actually really great barbecue, um, which I think I think it's some kind of chain. It's called like Slow and Low or Low and Slow or whatever. And yes, I get it. I know I'm talking to Kansas Cityans. I'm aware that your barbecue is better. I am. I am. I've eaten there, guys, a zillion times. But for a place that isn't in Kansas City, it was really terrific. Really great brisket. Really great pulled pork. Uh, fantastic bread pudding, too, um, which I know isn't a barbecue thing, but it was amazing. Um, they've got a lot of little cute shops where you can get things and little touristy things to do. And the beaches are incredible. Just white sand. That's like you're walking on a cloud. Um, not crazy crowded either, though. That might've been the time of the year we were there. And I just loved sitting there, uh, walking, walking in the surf or just sitting there looking at the ocean with my wife. It was, it was awesome. Jazz had a great time. I had a great time. She's trying to get me to move to Florida. So we'll, we'll try to figure something out. Uh, Mr. C. David, my buddy Charlie, asks, what are your opinions in regard to safe parenting? Hot takes only, please. LOL. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so I, I angered some of you, and I made some of you agree with me because I basically busted the chops of a friend of mine. Uh, on Twitter saying, you know, don't, you know, don't offer an opinion. It's something like eternal rule. Don't offer an opinion on parenting if you don't have kids. And I said it really strongly because that's on Twitter. Look, if I offended you with that, I am really sorry. Um, you're very welcome to have an opinion on anything you want. Um, parenting, uh, here's what I'll say. Uh, and this is what I tell people. Actually, I do marriage counseling and I do, and I do some of that kind of stuff in my role as a pastor. What I tell people is there's nothing that can prepare you for marriage or having children. Um, there's just nothing there. They, they're two totally unique things that are, you, you, people can warn you about certain things and maybe you can try to expect them, but there's just no way to describe what it's like, especially how different each kid is in terms of parenting and, and the, the weird kind of difficulty that it is and the fear that you always have. There's no, there's no way to, to prepare someone for that fear you feel when you're out in public with, with one of your kiddos and their hand slips out of your hand for a second, you're in a crowded place and you look and for a split second, they're not there. There's no way to describe that unless you experience it. Um, and so, yeah, that whole parenting thing, goodness gracious. So I, I, I hope, I hope all of you still like me because that's all I want is I want us all to be friends. That is everything we've got for the day. We made it through all of them like the heroes that we are. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. Check out Ryan's stuff on RGR football. Check out Chris's stuff everywhere. Chiefs Digest, the lockdown website. Um, you know, we really appreciate you guys listening. As always, this is the most fun part of my job right here. Just sitting here yakking about the Chiefs. If I could do this all day, every day, I totally would. Um, well, no, I'd probably still break down film too. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, it is a great week to be a Chiefs fan. Take care. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnChiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.